0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. All right, you are listening to Bloomberg Business Week. Carol Masser along with Jason Kelly. We've been all in when it comes to covering all things green. Of course, we had our recent Green Festival, and Jason and I both talking to uh, guests about sustainability and protecting our climate. Well, AB InBev is another global company where it is a priority, and they announced some new green initiatives. With more, Tony Milliken, Chief Procurement, Sustainability, and Circular Ventures Officer at AB InBev, joining us on the phone from Florida. Tony, nice to have you here. How are you? How's Florida going?
1: Uh, it's outstanding. I got, I'm telling you, I'm looking out my window. That's I'm talking to you right now, and it's absolutely beautiful. 89 degrees, clear skies to anybody down in the Sarasota area.
2: Interesting. <laughs> and well, I, how I'm, does...
1: I'm, I'm, I'm humbled to be with both you, uh, Carol and Jason, so look thank forward you. to this conversation.
2: Thank well, thank you. you. It's nice to have you with us. And, and so how has it been with the virus and, and sort of dealing with that because you have Broad responsibility across the company, and and I do wonder how this plays into some of the strategy, but also just the the day to day. What has this meant to some of the decisions you've been making and have to make?
1: You know, it, it's interesting. The, the pandemic has actually uh, uh, helped uh, our colleagues focus, and and so you know, look at the, the overall focus is the same; hadn't really changed, but we've kind of taken the, the longer term and kind of shortened it up. Uh, so urgent actions, you know, directed towards the pandemic. Um, but our commitment stays the same. We've got ambitious uh, sustainability goals. But I, I must tell you, I mean, if you think about uh, agriculture, so if we're in uh, Africa, I mean, it is incredibly important for our agronomists to be in the field with our farmers and, and being able to talk to them and being able to make sure we keep the cash flow moving you know, in South Africa, the, the government shut our business down, but, you know, we still have a commitment to our farmers. And so working with them closely, making sure the cash flow goes through, because guess what? If we shut them off, then we cause even more problems. So we've been also providing, you know, the hand sanitizers, the mask and things like that close up to our farmers. So, I mean, you, you, we really, if you think about it, it's much more of a shorter term, knock out the problems. make sure we keep, we keep our business going. And I say this: um, the one thing we've learned uh, through this whole thing is that it's shown that that we work together, with our our partners and others. Not only will get through these tough times, we we're going to be we're going to emerge more resilient than ever. So I, I, this has been a you know don't waste this crisis. You got to learn from it.
0: Well, that's such a great point, Tony. Because I do think you know. I wish none of us had to go through this crisis, but we have. And I do wonder about the yeah, longer lasting impacts that sometimes, you know, crisis leads to innovation in better ways and smarter ways um, in terms of doing things and protecting more of society or benefiting more of society. What are the longer lasting impacts on your business um, in that regard when it comes to um, the virus?
1: I'd say this. I mean, we won't know the longer impact until we get down a little further down the road. I do know the shorter impact is that, um, you know, we've we've had to come a little bit closer to home. I mean, our, our company, I just want to tell you, uh, we're a global company, but our business is local. Uh, and so we don't, we, it's not like we're, tra- uh, let me put it this way. It's not like we're a high tech company building phones and then we're, we're sitting in one or two places and producing and shipping them everywhere. We're actually in the communities working. So working up close you know, with our communities, it's just a much more efficient. It's also got us closer to the consumer. We actually understand what the consumer is going through. So this is more of a heightened um, awareness of our consumer all the way back to our supplier. So I'd say that end-to-end supply chain has become much more, how do you say, intimate. And I think as we come out of this, um it'll show us uh, and, and our, our supply chain uh, to be more resilient, but also reactive. To I mean, if you can make it through this, man, you can make it through anything. So uh, right. I think the longer term, we'll, we'll turn that corner hopefully in 21 and get into 22. We'll see, you know, more of the things that you're probably looking for me to answer. I just don't have the answer at this point.
2: So, Tony, as you and Mm -hmm. and the management team and and Carol and I both spent some time with uh, Carlos Brito, Brito, as you guys call him, uh, over the years... Tell us about what you're hearing from your consumers, from your customers about this, because you are ultimately a consumer brand, and I know you have a very intimate relationship. You alluded to this with the supply chain, but also with your customers. How does it play into the conversations that you have all the way down to the end user, the end drinker, as it were?
1: Well, I mean, I'm getting a little out of my sandbox, as you know, because I'm a supply chain guy. Sure. Um, but 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 I'm, I also understand our business. It's um, it's interesting to see how things are changing. So it depends on where you are in the world. If you're in the U.S., you know, our, our, our what we call our off-premises kind of, I mean, our on-premises kind of shut down. But to now look at uh, how the consumer is in the retail market, and so you're seeing much uh, larger packs that are being bought much more cans than glass. So you're seeing a mix change. Um, and we're seeing that across whether you're, you, you know, you're in the non-alcohol or you're in the alcohol business. Uh, cans and large packs are, are what, what we're seeing. I don't think that's going to go away. I mean, we're planning on that mix change continuing. I think if you, you move into other areas around the world is how do you get closer to your consumer? And I mean by that last mile, how do you deliver yeah. directly to them so they don't have to leave home and 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 go through you know those those tough areas to get uh, get our product. so I think there's a lot of things that we're now noticing uh the consumer insights are there, and our business is obviously pivoting very quickly. I think you'll see our numbers whenever they do come out um, I, I like what i I like how our company is responding uh, to to this pandemic it's, i mean by the way. I mean, I work for Carlos Freitas. I'm on Director of Ford. He's a fantastic CEO the, the the ability, his superpower is just being able to deal with crisis, right. And uh, I, and and trust me, I've learned a ton from him,
2: so Tony, I alluded to this on the way out before we got to some news. but, Talk to us about some of these collaborations, because it does feel like one of the ways that you do, and we were talking about your customers, your end customers at the beginning, that you do kind of push this notion down into the broader world, which feels important. How do you decide on those? And, and talk to us about some how some of them have been executed.
1: Water.org is, is a fantastic partner. I mean, Gary White and Matt Damon, uh, they're the partners that are behind Water.org. Uh, we've worked with them for several years. Uh, it's our flagship uh, uh, program uh, that uh, helps uh, for microfinancing of water uh, in places like Uganda. And so let me just tell you why it's important. Um, if, if you we're, – we're, we're in a developed world here uh, in the U.S., and, and most of the places are listening, but – If you're in, like, Uganda, um, it's tough to get water. And think about this. uh, The the, the way you get water, you might spend hours getting it, bringing it back. At night, it's tough uh, to do things. It's just very complex. And our ability to help and what we've done so far with Water.org is we've impacted over a million people that don't have water access. And so that is how where we bring Stella in. Stella's uh, brand purpose is around water and and, the, and dealing with the complexities of water and helping people, people. And then you bring Water.org in together. And so what that partnership has done, as I said, is, is delivered over a million, and that's through our consumers. Our consumers uh, participating in Stella. Stella then uh, providing. The microfinancing to Water. dot org, and then impacting you know upwards of a million people that don't have water. I
0: what think you- that's
1: that's one. Yes, ma'am.
0: No, no, no. Please, please finish.
1: No, no. I, I just think that's one of many things. I mean, let me give you another one. Down in Brazil, we have a, a product called AMA, A M A, and our company. And this is internal. We're not dealing with partners, and we decided to start selling our own water uh, to consumers. And all the profits from that, the sales of this water go to um, um, out, uh, how, how to say it, people that don't have access to water in Brazil. So, we're, again, we're trying to help people because water is a very complex uh, um, uh, resource um, that we're somewhat spoiled in having here. So let me help you a little further. Um, the complexity around water is this. We can't make beer without water. We can make right. beer with Almost anything else, but you got to have water. And I said earlier in our conversation, we're a local company, and so we're in these communities. We want to make sure that people have access to water before we even get it, right? And I think that's part being the the, the um, uh, being partners. We have another program down in in, uh, in Columbia. Again, same thing. We're bottling water, selling the water. All the profits then go to uh, conserving. Uh, water reservoirs and and helping water aquifers become uh, cleaner. So if you want to talk about just water, we're there. If you want to go think about this, who would have ever predicted that there would be a Super Bowl ad about um, renewable energy? Right. I mean, we did it uh, just a year ago with Budweiser. Why? Because we're going to be 100% renewable electricity. Matter of fact, if you think about it, Every Bud Light and Budweiser in the U.S. is produced from uh, renewable energy. Every uh, beer in the U.S. will be uh, produced under uh, renewable electricity sometime uh, at, towards the end of the first quarter of next year. Uh, and so we've got a wind farm, we've got a solar farm, and, and then I'll let you go on to something else. We, we made a, an incredibly aggressive uh, target back on March of the 17th. We said it would be 100% renewable electricity. By 2025. Now, I got to tell you, everybody in the world called me. It felt like everybody in the world. I got more emails, texts, and phone calls after that announcement that we made is saying, are you crazy? Because 2025 is seven years, eight years from there. And we're going to do this without buying uh, certificates. We were actually looking at putting new assets in the ground, adding to the grid, so, you know, there's there are companies around the world that say they're 100% renewable, but they're buying certificates. Right. We have a commitment to actually create new electricity going onto the grid. And so right now, we're about 65% of the way there. And we're just sitting in 2020. And we've had the pandemic, but we're still making progress. and And I hope by the end of the year, we'll be close to 70%. So it just gives you an idea of this, the power scale. Right. I think, and I think whether it's our brand, you know, like Budweiser is, is about renewable electricity, right. and, and really, really like carbon reduction. I give you another thing. If you think about what's going on out in um, in the U.S., uh, we've got electric trucks from BYD uh, that we've got out on the West Coast, and we're delivering uh, product uh, on re- uh, electrical trucks. You know, these big Class Eight trucks. Um, We we hope to have all our trucks there in in the near future. So, I mean, it's every place around the world we're looking at how to reduce, say, our carbon footprint, uh, how do we help uh, water complexity? You know, it's not about... Uh, it, it, you know, you'll see people talk about water neutral. Well, water neutral to us means we're actually water replacing water in the reservoir, we're taking it. Which is it, great. Which know, is,
0: well, And this is where yeah. we want to see people, you know, where it's not just neutral but actually being positive and, and yeah. having a positive impact. Hey, Tony, we could talk to you for hours, but we've got to run, unfortunately. Tony Milliken, Chief Procurement, Sustainability and Circular Ventures Officer at AB InBev on the phone from Florida.